0: Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I'm Tyler. With me, as always, is Smitty. We took a little leap hiatus off because Smitty. You'll, you'll hear it, but he, he doesn't really have much of a voice still. Um, but we, we gave it a week off. Uh, but before we jump into the show, as always, we're going to touch on a couple of GoFundMes. The first one is the Isla Keene Future Fund. We've been promoting this GoFundMe for several months now. Isla lost her father, Dalton Keene, back in October. And even though we can't make up for that... Uh, Burden of losing a father, we can try to help that financial burden. So we're going to continue to promote that and continue to link the GoFundMe in our descriptions of every show, um, and then another GoFundMe as well that we recently promoted was the Lamasters family GoFundMe. Um, it was for Amy Lamasters who was battling breast cancer. Um, unfortunately, she lost that battle, and even though we cannot replace a mother, we can also help to try to alleviate the financial bur- burden that cancer can cause, um, to a family. And so we want to continue to promote, promote those so we can try to help these families out in any way that we can. Um, and then as well, we have the Dalton Keene golf outing, which I don't know stuff off the top of my head. So I will let Smitty talk. You guys can hear his voice for the first time.
1: There we go. I finally used this voice, this great voice of mine. Um, yeah, as you guys can tell, listening or watching right now, uh, still not, A hundred percent, but there was no way I was missing two weeks in a row, Um, especially like worst time for me to miss with Steelers free agency and stuff going on. We're going to dive into that, but yeah, the Dalton Keene golf outing um, will be held on May 13th at Blackhawk golf course at 2 PM, all proceeds going to the caring place in Pittsburgh. You can reach out to me and get more information on that. I know it's going to be a hundred dollars per person to golf. That includes obviously the golfing along with the food and drinks, and you, you're obviously like, it's that's a thing in golf, everybody. I guess that's a golfer would know that it's a foursome that you're putting together for yes. this. Um, so I will not be golfing myself, but I will be at the event. I'm going to have a bunch of giveaways that we have left over from Rock Around the 412. So if you want to get involved, if you just want to come and hang out, whatever whatever you want it to be, reach out to me, get more information on that. But yeah, May 13th at Blackhawk Golf Course, 2 p.m.
0: We should we should uh make some sort of goal that if we hit it, you have to play a round of golf.
1: <laughs> I, I, You know, honestly, like I need to, this is probably the time for me to get into golf. Like if I want to play golf in my later years, I feel like I need to figure it out now.
0: Oh, I start. I started last year. So I, okay. the first time I had actually seriously played golf, like a full 18 holes was back in 2016. And it was actually the day after the Pens won the Stanley Cup. And then mm-hmm. I didn't play golf for another um seven years after that or six <laughs> years after that and i i picked up golf i got some clubs off of go or not GoFundMe. me i got some clubs off of facebook marketplace um and i started golfing i went probably 10 times last year i'm actually going this weekend in dallas with my buddy quinton kennedy and i are going down there we're actually going to be at the penguins game on thursday night against the stars so oh. that'll be fun because it'll be my first pens game in nearly two years which is if, I mean, if you guys have been listening to the show for a while and have listened to like how often I would go to Penn's games, that's crazy. Yeah. It's been almost two years for me.
1: Well, I'm wondering now is, is this the problem? Is this why the Penguins are the way that they have been is because you haven't been to a game and think about when the decline started here for the Penguins. That's,
0: that's true. That's true. The uh, only decline I Jeff got. Jeff Carter.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You, you know, Penguin Jeff, game, still... Jeff Connor was on a tear whenever I saw him live <laughs> in Pittsburgh um back yeah. in that was May of twenty twenty one was the last game I was at. And it was actually the collapse at home that Jari had where he coughed uh, up the puck in front of the net late in the third period and, and we lost the game. Um that that w- that was such a disappointing game. But anyway, that's two years ago. I'll be at the game on Thursday. Um but yeah, golfing, golf outing, Dalton Keene golf outing.
1: It's funny how we somehow bring it back to Pittsburgh sports, regardless of what we're talking about. But yeah, yeah. uh, so reach out to me and they go find me links for the two previous things will be in the description of this wherever you're watching or listening. Now, as I mentioned, there was no chance of me missing another week of doing a podcast when the Steelers were so active in free agency. Omar Khan putting his handprint, Andy Weidel putting his handprints on this team very clearly in their first full offseason running the show. Um, you looked at their free agency, got off to a little bit of a start that I was like, man, I'll I'll be honest. I was disappointed immediately when the tampering period started because what, like 15, 20 minutes in, Cam Sutton has an agreement with the Detroit Lions. And that was somebody to me, like I assumed was going to be back. I'm not going to say who the player was, but literally a player, a current Pittsburgh Steeler told me that Cam is going to be back. Now, I talked about this on the show. Maybe it was just him being hopeful by saying that. Because clearly it wasn't something like there was an agreement. Um, Good for Cam. He got a nice payday there. Much more than what his career earnings have been so far in his six years in Pittsburgh. So great for him. hope he succeeds over there. He's a versatile chess piece. I think they're going to love him in Detroit. Now, how do the Steelers combat that? 32-year-old Patrick Peterson. What a name to bring in, first and foremost, before we talk about the productivity still at a high level, but Patrick Peterson, I mean, think about that. The the accolades that this guy has, everybody knows who Patrick, if you are our age, Patrick Peterson was like the guy at LSU and then came Mm -hmm. into the league, obviously burst on the scene with Arizona, just pro bowl after pro bowl, all pro after all pro played last year, in Minnesota, although it sounds like he talked about it, almost came to Pittsburgh last off season, this off season, they make it happen. Scheme versatility, Still producing at a high level, five picks last year for Minnesota, uh, on, on a you know short term deal, despite his age, I'm completely cool with it. He could fall off a cliff at any moment given his age, but at the same time keeps himself in really good shape. Totally cool with that being the replacement on the outside. <laughs> now, as free agency went on, I think this is where I got more excited. You see the way that they started to rebuild in the trenches. Now, Larry Ogunjobi coming back, I think that was big. We didn't really expect that one to happen, but He he did get a nice payday and maybe a little bit more than I would have liked considering, you know, the foot injury that hampered him last year wasn't as productive as you would have liked to have seen. I thought last year was a prove it year. Um, And DeMonte Casey coming back, which I think was a necessity given we lost Cam Sutton because it gives you another chess piece in that defensive backfield. At least you have that guy you can move around. And then outside guys that were brought in. Herbig, I really like, you know, even if he's not going to be a starter, that swing guard can play both spots, can play center two, like in a pinch if he mm-hmm. had to. Just a massive dude, a mauler in the run game. I think obviously the wide ties, this is like starting to build an identity. And then this kind of sets up the next move. Isaac Sayamalo, not on my radar whatsoever for the team, especially after you already added a guard. I was like, okay, Herbig's probably taking Dotson's spot. No, 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 Zach. Wait another day. Isaac Samalo coming over from the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles on a three-year, $24 million deal. I, I love this. I think this is their best signing. Um, I think that this is a road grader type. He's also very good in the pass blocking game. You want to talk about building an identity in the trenches. This is why I said like Andy Waddle is really putting his stamp on this team because this is what he did in Philly. We're rebuilding the trenches. We're getting back to the run game in Pittsburgh. I, I don't think anybody's probably happier about the way free agency has gone than Najee Harris and Jalen Warren.
0: Yeah, honestly. Um, I, I think that the two offensive line sign, signings were great. Um, Herbig, I, I thought, was good. And it was like you said, it was a depth piece for sure. And possibly maybe he, he gets gets a start. Maybe he starts over Dotson. But the Sayama, uh, Sayamalu, is that how you pronounce it? Samalo. Samalo. The Samalo signing, I mean, that is somebody that has championship caliber experience and is really good at his position and immediately improves your offensive line at the left guard position. Assuming that's where he starts. Um, he
1: started three years at left guard before he played right guard last year. So
0: yeah, I just I I don't want to just like, you know, Dotson, you're out, but you know, it it is just kind of how it is. Uh, but I, I think that immediately proves what was the most important part. Outside of, I mean, obviously they haven't signed a tackle. You still want them to improve at one of those guys. But at least the offensive line as a whole, you're immediately improving what was the most important part to improve in the offense this offseason. And I, I think they hit a home run with those two. I, I, I think that uh, that that's something that is going to go a long way into next season because outside of offensive line, you look at the positions. Like, yeah, we, we talked about how – they could add another receiver, but outside of that, like tight end, running back, quarterback, they, they're covered at every other offensive position except for some of those offensive linemen. And so now they're they're not only getting uh, a more productive starter, but they're also ensuring some more depth on the offensive line, which is great. Um, and then I'll, I'll just go in reverse of the way you talked about him. Larry Ogunjobi, he's one that I, I thought could come back, didn't know that he'd actually come back because he might get paid somewhere else. And and mm-hmm. I think you tweeted about it, The the – The one guy that we thought was going to be back and Cam Sutton is gone. (laughs) And the and the guy that we thought we weren't going to have back, Larry Oga he's back. Which I mean, I I think it's good. Did he deserve all the money in the contracts? Maybe not, but I'm not going to argue about that. I I think that
1: I think the Steelers uh, were backed into a corner because of the need.
0: Well, that's the thing. I, I think that you look at defensive line, you look at how empty it is depth-wise for the Steelers and how much you you kind of need to have guys in that room to to stick around I think that you needed that productivity back Um, and I I think that Larry Ogunjobi despite being someone that you might have overpaid a little bit if you wanted to keep him you might have had to do that just to keep him in Pittsburgh You, you don't know what offers he had somewhere else um, so I, I think that's a good signing though. I think it's, it, it ensures at least one spot on the defensive line for a couple of years. Um, and then the Patrick Peterson signing, it, that's just a fun signing to me. He, he might be bad. I don't, I don't expect him to be bad, but he could turn out to be bad. But I think for the contract he's on and the, like the years and the money, it, it's fine. They could get out of it after one year. And mm-hmm. I, I, I still anticipate him to be, a productive corner for the Steelers. Um, after losing Cam Sutton, that that was a, a low blow, but what a signing for by the Steelers just for name recognition to really make Steeler fans forget all about losing Cam Sutton and immediately, oh, we have Patrick Peterson. And I saw some people being like, oh, this would have been cool like six years ago. I'm like, no, I, I still think he's a productive corner. I mean, you look at what he did in Minnesota being being at his age. It, it's he, There wasn't really much of a drop-off. Um, from previous years like obviously yeah he might not have some of the versatility that he used to but that's going to happen when you're in your 30s as a corner but I I think it's a really good signing for the Steelers it helps that cornerback room but I still think they're going to have to improve on it still and I don't think and we're probably going to talk about the draft a little bit I'll just Mm -hmm. give a little tidbit now I don't think that this means cornerback can't be the pick at 17 I think it's there's still like if I'm still betting on it corner is still my pick at 17 for what I think the Steelers are going to take.
1: Okay. Yeah. And the, we didn't talk about the two linebackers yet. Cause I was saving that to be its own thing because they just completely reshaped the linebacker room. We knew Devin Bush was going to be gone. We had talked about miles Jack just because like from what he was set to make, it really didn't make sense, but also similarly to like the Larry Oden Joby situation where they kind of backed into a corner where they needed to have miles Jack back. Um, yeah. they, they felt, no, <laughs> they they cut him. They released miles Jack. They save that $8 million. Honestly, what surprised me the most out of this reshuffling was Robert Spillane not being back, him signing with the Raiders. Yes. I, I I thought that was as close to a guarantee, like right there with Cam Sutton, maybe even more than Cam Sutton, honestly. So with Spillane being gone, um, Cole Holcomb comes in as well as Elandon Roberts. Um, I would say, I, I don't think that they're, Totally similar. I think their their strengths are both coming downhill. I think they're both better in the run game than the pass game. I think Holcomb offers something in pass coverage. I don't think Roberts offers you anything in pass coverage. Um, neither one of them are going to like carry a tight end up the seam or anything like that. Um, or you know when you get into like that that third level of the defense, you don't want them covering anybody. But Holcomb can hold his own in some drop sets and stuff like that. I think Holcomb is really the guy that like they're hoping is something that they can continue to build upon, you know, turns 27 before the season starts. I think they view him as a potential key piece of the defense, not just this year, but going forward. I think that's why he gets a three-year deal. Roberts here on a two-year deal. Like that two years seems to be like the sweet spot for a lot of people in free agency now. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Holcomb, I mean, if if Holcomb was hitting free agency after he he had a foot injury last year after like seven games, I think something like that. If he hit free agency after 2021, he would have cashed out. He was unbelievable in 2021 in everything. Like he was getting picks. He was forcing fumbles. He had like a hundred and call me crazy. I don't know if you're looking at the number right now. I want to see. He had like 140 or something combined tackles. 142.
0: Yeah. So something
1: stupid. Um, So yeah, he's all over the field. I think that that player is still in there. I think the injury last year is obviously, you know, why he wasn't able to continue to build upon that. Um, but they're obviously banking on the health here past this physical. They give him three years, which I think is a nice, um, you know, testament to where they feel like he is health wise. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited about both these guys. I think they're both going to be able to contribute, but really like the Holcomb one is the one that has me juiced up and it's not just because he has a mullet. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah you were pretty worried that he cut it and yeah that his picture I not tell it first yeah yeah you, you saw the little flare out the side no it, it, it took the Steelers no time to re- completely revamp and then I I saw I don't even know who it was Alan, Alan Saunders maybe tweeted the Mark Robinson sitting in the Steelers locker room and it's just a yeah, Will Smith he, in the Fresh Prince house at the end of the series by himself he's just by him. himself yeah that that that's is pretty crazy I mean we it was we kind of expected it just not the Robert Spillane part that one to me was the surprising part he to me to relate it to another sport is was kind of like the I thought he'd be like the Chad Ruedel of the Penguins with the Steelers Um, like always just kind of around he's not necessarily the starter at the position but he is he he does okay when he's in there Um, I mean according to somebody he's the best linebacker on the Steelers uh, but, but, but a you know, I, that that one was the surprising part to me. Now the two guys they brought in, Alandon Roberts and and uh, Cole Holcomb, I, I like those guys. I think what you can we can get with those guys is something you didn't really get from the Steelers linebackers, at least in like the past couple years, in just reliability at what they can do. Even though they're not complete, like okay, so like. Roberts isn't necessarily the best in pass coverage, but he is a short tackler and good coming downhill and good against the run. I don't really feel worried about him against the run, um, even though some of the linebackers for the Steelers in recent years, even though that was their specialty or if they were good against the run, they they still were pretty bad against it. I I feel like that is – and maybe that's just because it's new energy, new blood. I just feel like there's some more reliability – at the two guys they brought in. Now, Cole Holcomb, I I, I think that, like you said, there's a player in there that could be that 2021 linebacker, and if that's the case, I think the Steelers got a gem of a signing, and that's a linebacker that we've kind of been hoping for. Um, Now, I I, I still think that they're probably going to add another one because outside of those two and Mark Robinson, I mean, they have, what, Tay Crowder and Chappelle Russell, so – I, I I think that there's, yeah. there's still some room to add. Well, yes. Yeah,
1: similarly, position. I would say similarly to how you said about corner. I don't yeah. think it takes linebacker off the draft. Oh
0: board. yeah, no. I I think once you, once you get to pick uh, I, I, thirty. Do you, do you think they take a linebacker at thirty two?
1: Listen, here's what I'll say about this: is I wouldn't roll out linebacker at seventeen, as much as Which I hate one, it. One though, because I, I mean. It, who were they at Iowa's pro day for? Was it more for Lucas Van Ness or was it more for Jack Campbell? Okay.
0: Yeah. That's that, so. that's
1: kind of the way I'm thinking. Now, would I want them to do it? Absolutely not. But I think it's like, I wouldn't totally roll it out. Now at 32, I think like anybody's in play at 17. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't do it for anybody, but Campbell, like Campbell, I've seen like somebody that I really respect. Ian Cummings, a pro football network. Shout out to him. Just recently put out a new mock draft. He is very connected. He's got a pretty good hand on the pulse of the way teams feel. He has Jack Campbell at 13 in his latest mock. I, I think he's, because yeah. in it, that's really a testament to me as to where the linebacker class is more than anything else. Like, one of them is going to go pretty high. It could be Jack Campbell. It could be Trenton Simpson. It could be Drew Sanders. I, I think, honestly, I like at 32, I could see Simpson for the Steelers I still like don't love that but I think that's more palatable for me than taking anybody any one of them at 17
0: yeah I wouldn't take one at 17 but immediately at 32 it's kind of like 17 there's only a couple positions I want to take really only like two and once you get past 17 as soon as you get to pick 32 the the door opens up for the Steelers take almost take whatever
1: yeah yeah, and that's kind of so you know going. I back, feel like the like,
0: value is much better once you get to that point, at, at the positions yeah. you're taking.
1: Yeah, I mean honestly, like I say it every year, but depending on how the board looks, I don't hate the idea of trading back. I mean, the Steelers only have six picks in the entire draft.
0: Yeah, I, I they, mean, they don't have anything in the fifth or
1: sixth, do they? No, you got yeah. one, two, three, four, and two sevenths. Right now, yeah. Um, so. I'm sorry, like well, two in the second. So yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think to me, I'm sticking with what I've said the entire time. With its defense at 17, and I look at it right now. Patrick Peterson's 32 years old. I, you know, you got Levi Wallace one more year. Kella Witherspoon one more year. Like pretty much everybody there is short term. I think they're still looking for like that guy in that room. Um Hey, so don't, corners, f- don't forget, James Pierre is back
0: on yeah, a one-year contract. One actually,
1: year. that happened today. <laughs> mm-hmm. And listen, I, I actually, I like James Pierre. Like, I, I think that he, for, you know, a, a fifth or sixth corner as like a backup guy in the boundary, man, I, I, you know, I tipped my cap to him last year because obviously, like, 2021 did not go the way that he wanted or anybody expected. Found himself on the outside looking in going into 2022 got called upon along with a lot of other guys in that Tampa Bay game. And man, mm-hmm. did he hold it down playing hundred percent of the snaps against Tom Brady and that Tampa Bay team, which obviously like that wasn't the same Tampa Bay team last year, but still, I, I you know, so shout out to James Pierre. I'm glad that he's back for another year. Um, those guys, they just, you know, they have to grind so hard to stay in the league. So yeah. good for him for, for holding on to another year. But um, yeah, to me, like I'm looking at, pick 17 i still think like in an ideal world they, they get one of the top corners whoever that I, might be
0: i i said and now that well the, what you're saying about jack campbell um yeah. is is going against what i was going to say but when i was talking about about it with somebody last week about the steelers my ideal three picks my top three picks would be brian Bercy at 17 Emmanuel Forbes at 32 and Jack Campbell at 49. Now, what you said, saying that Jack Campbell could go at thir- <laughs> 13 yeah, in a mock, yeah. like that kind of mm-hmm. blows everything about 49 out of the water. But the, that's what I said. Were like my three if I if I could pick myself and I didn't have to fight right. against any other teams for what I anticipate to be available.
1: Well, like 49 is probably actually a lot. Clo- I mean, I think he's better than the 49 player, but th- that's closer to where he's probably going to be on my final big board and a lot of people's big boards, but he's going to go a lot higher just because of that inside linebacker or that off ball linebacker position in this year's class just isn't that good. And he's maybe one of three, four guys that can contribute right away and maybe be a three down guy at the next level. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's not many, you know, you talk about him, Simpson. I don't even know if Sanders is a three down guy. Outside of the, I mean, Dayan Henley's a nice guy in coverage, but I don't know that he's going to be, you know, a thumper or be able to, you know, come downhill, give you enough in the run game. I, I don't know what in the world happened to Noah Soul. I, like, his stock's completely fallen off. I I, I don't think, I think it's people day three. Are,
0: I, I don't, do you think people are just scared of his 40 time? Like, I don't, I don't know, because I, I don't know, and I still haven't come to grips for how much stock can change from, football season like january whenever the college football playoff ends to whenever like pro bowl and uh the senior bowl and like pro days all that sort of stuff i it's it amazes me still like after doing this for several year now several years now of being more involved in it mm-hmm. of like how much the stock can change because someone is like has too short of arms or someone has too small a hand someone has uh like a, a slower 40 than people anticipated whenever the tape was still there from the football season they played and i'm not saying it doesn't count for anything like it's just still so, so surprising to me that no soul could be talked about as like a first round linebacker during the college football season and now we're talking about him going in day three it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm not saying he yeah. shouldn't go in day three. It's just it's still just in general surprising to me that it, it's the the narrative can change so fast.
1: Uh, with Soul, I watched uh, the Georgia game, Washington State, Utah, and one other game I don't remember. I I I wasn't impressed, but but the thing is like it didn't really affect like you're saying. If you would go and do mock drafts during college football season or even like after that, just a couple you know a month or two ago, yeah, he was still like in that top thirty five overall players, like fringe first rounder, early second round. I, so yeah, something clearly like they they don't like him. The leap clearly is not as high on him as what it looked like they were going to be. So for whatever reason. I, I think even like players would talk to you, would say about like the combine, a lot of the stuff being useless. I think that like, there are still like certain things that you need to see that like have to translate to the next level that show up there. But, but yeah, for the most part, I think that's stuff that you can throw away. Like for I example,
0: mean, I, I mentioned arms, like Peter Skronsky having short arms, that, that can be a significant thing at, at being a tackle. Yeah, That's something mm-hmm. that I, I feel like can have an impact, but like, Last year, whenever people were talking about Kenny Pickett in his hands, it, it, to me, it's like if you could throw the football, you could throw the football. I, I'm not really concerned if his hand is that quarter inch too short or whatever.
1: Well, it, 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 what I, what I I'll say this to that is, I think it could be a concern because of fumble issues. But yeah. the thing is, like, well, this he also was guy gloves. that was playing on the yeah, well, that. But he he also wasn't somebody that we we're talking about playing on like the West Coast and perfect weather. That you're wondering how it's going to relate when he plays in, you know, bad weather and different conditions. He yeah. played in Pittsburgh. He he right. played in every possible weather condition. So, I mean, that yeah was something that I was just yeah. like writing. And also on the flip
0: side of this, it, it, I, I find it surprising with some of the people that elevate so much in some some of these the pro days and in, in senior bowls and everything mm-hmm. that the, they elevate their stock. And I'm like, do you not see the film of what they did? I mean, that, honestly, that I, and I know you like this guy a lot. That's my opinion on Anthony Richardson. Like, I'm just like, yeah. if you ask any Florida fan, if Anthony Richardson should be a top ten pick, they're probably going to say no, because of what what, what the season was. Well, not, Tyler not
1: Tyler Fornes. Not
0: Tyler Fornes.
1: <laughs> but well, see, I, but like, I, I just I, like, I get what you're saying. I like, think how is it
0: not like Malik Willis? That that's what I'm like trying to understand. Is like, I feel like he could be another Malik Willis.
1: He could be I, – I don't know. I don't think that, like, in my opinion, Malik had this arm. Also, the level of competition. I don't know. If you watch Florida play, like, nothing was schemed easy for them. So many drops from the – like, his his teammates were terrible, just quite frankly. Although, yeah, same thing could be said for Will Levis last year. Like, that team was very bad. They lost all their NFL talent besides Levis. He was dealing with a foot and shoulder injury. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, these guys are hard evaluations. I just, I think, especially when it comes to quarterback, th- like you think about ceiling above anything else. Yeah. And Anthony Richardson's ceiling is ridiculously high. Yeah, and that's
0: of- why like, I'll never take anything away from him athletically.
1: Like I said, yeah.
0: he, the one, the one, it was a two point conversion against Utah. I, it was one of the most mesmerizing plays I've ever seen doing a spin move around two two defenders to throw to a wide open receiver and, and mm-hmm. pump faking while he's doing the spin move. Like, I, I it was one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen. But I also, I, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's just hard for me to fathom him going from this is maybe a, like, second or third round guy to he's going to be a top three pick.
1: I mean, yeah, you talk about a guy with, like, a, you know, barely 50 completion percentage last year like yeah i I mean i get it it's just as it always is going to be probably even more important with him it's about landing spot and situation i think ideally he's not playing right away like you know i like seattle honestly is a fit a lot because he still got geno smith there for a little bit yeah so i don't know He, he i'm very interested to watch his career play out probably more than anybody else in this class um but speaking of like what the 40 does for guys, I mean, Kalijah can absolutely blew up the combine was already kind of, I think people kind of expected him to do that though. Cause he was like a fringe first rounder. But again, mm-hmm. another guy, I'm very curious to see where he goes. Um, great pass rusher really isn't going to give you much in the run game. You talk about short arms at a position, very short arms for a defensive tackle. Yeah. Um, I think Bryce Ford Wheaton did really well for himself, the wide receiver out of West Virginia. DJ Turner, the corner out of Michigan, like he might get some early round two buzz now because of how fast he ran. I don't yeah, there's guys that are going to like literally, you show up and run fast, you're making some money.
0: Oh, I know. I mean, everybody can go back to when John Ross did it. He ran a four yeah, three. I wonder two where he, he goes. You know, I it. wonder
1: where he goes if he runs like a four four.
0: Probably out of the first round. Honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I didn't, I never, like, I remember that year, and I just, I didn't see it with him. And
0: he was just fast. That's that's it. Um, I don't know.
1: But, yeah, so coming back around to where this conversation started after the free agency stuff and how it relates to the draft, do we feel any differently about, because this is the way the Steelers (laughs) always do free agency, I feel like. They set themselves up to be able to not have to draft any one position. They always want to set themselves up to take the best player available. So to answer the question I'm going to pose, for me personally, no, I don't feel any differently about the way that they're going into the draft because they did free agency exactly how I expected them to do because this is the way they always do it.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I, I went into – or still going into the draft is I anticipate that that first pick is going to be either a defensive lineman or a corner. I still feel that way. So I, I, I don't think that their signings changed anything just because, just because you're bringing in guys um, like a Patrick Peterson, or you're bringing in some linebackers. Like, I don't think that you're bringing in guys that have been in the NFL a while that might not be here for a long time. Doesn't mean you're going to change the way you draft, or at least it shouldn't, in my opinion. Now, if they were to go and sign like an all pro person, that's, that's different, but, but they're not. So, yeah, I I still think that they draft the same way. And I, I think Khan is going think way too.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel really good. You know, I already felt good about the hire, especially with him bringing Andy Weidel. But watching them go through their first free agency, like I think the Steelers are in really good hands with those yeah. two running the show. Now, I think the question, I don't even want to bring this up, but it's like how long are we going to be able to keep Andy Weidel under Omar Khan before he gets a bigger opportunity? <laughs>
0: That's that's true. I mean, I guess it will depend on how, like, a draft class goes. So let, let, let them have an off
1: season at least first. Yeah. Okay. Well, as good as things look for the Steelers, uh, they look equally as bad for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we might as well switch gears and talk about that. Uh, before Tyler gets to go and watch this team play against the Dallas Stars on now, Thursday. Now I'm not
0: sure that I should.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, even just a week ago. I like Money Puck had them about a ninety percent chance to make the playoffs. That's no wonder fifty percent. They've lost four in a row, not even getting a point in any of these four.
0: Since we last talked, they are two and five,
1: <clears throat> very bad. Um, and they're missing four guys from their blue line, and it's not just like you know yeah, day to day with a lot of these guys. Yeah, it's like Pedersen out until the earliest he can come back is the second to last regular season game. You know, you got Jan Ruda hurt week to week right now. You got Kulikov out week to week right now. Jeff Petrie's day to day. I mean, it just doesn't look good. Even like injuries aside, things weren't looking great for this team. They weren't trending in the right direction. But this just it's this does them no favors. And you look at like last game, right? This this game um, against the Senators where this goalie, Dylan Ferguson, I almost forgot his name. It came to me like as I was talking, uh, played nine minutes in the NHL before this game, makes 49 saves on the Penguins and holds them to one goal. <laughs> I mean, this team, I, I don't want to like, like they're professional athletes. I don't want to like talk about them like this. But like I, t- I literally just tweeted the word losers last night because they find what it doesn't matter how. They'll find a way to lose every hockey game. They could get goal lead one night. They could put up six goals the next game, but give up seven. Like, bad teams find ways to lose hockey games, and that's what we are watching right now with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Night in, night out, they'll find a different way to do it.
0: Yeah, they're doing the opposite of what, like, a gritty team would do. A gritty team would find ways to win no matter what, which is we've seen the Penguins in the past do that. Not this season, really, but in the past, several seasons ago we've seen the penguins basically win no matter what they found a way to win you hear that saying a lot finding a way to win they can't find a way to win anything they can't find a way to tie okay they they they, they, they barely have one goal games um and they had one against the senators but then then the the day before or two days before they got beat 6 to nothing by the rangers i mean it's ridiculous i i i understand that their blue line is hurt but you think at least maybe offensively, that they would have scored more goals than they would have in their, these past recent games or that you like them to. Jari, I mean, I, I still stand by what – I have no idea what the Penguins are going to do in goaltender ne- next year. I have zero clue. Zero clue. You, know, you don't, know I don't why? think they do either. Because I think – I was going through the free agent goalies because are you going to extend Jari? That's that's your only option of guys in house. If you have to extend Jari, Casey, to Smith isn't is going to be your starting goaltender. There's nobody in Wilkesbury that's going to be your starting goaltender. So if it's not Tristan Jari, then you have to get a free agent goalie. And I, I think the the one that the, the only one that I would possibly be interested in is uh, Samsonov from Toronto. And it, it, but even then, I, I I still think that he is an RFA, so he could be brought back to Toronto if they want. I I <laughs>
1: there's the goalie nobody's letting good goalies hit the open market. No, the I mean, goalie
0: market sucks. So that that's just what I'll say. Tr- tr- here's Jari what's gonna happen because
1: comes... whether it's Hexdall or a new GM, if it's Hexdall, it's gonna be like his last ditch effort. If it's a new GM, it's gonna be their first big splash. They're gonna trade for John Gibson.
0: No, oh. I mean... Uh, Which isn't my
1: favorite move, but hey, it's it's better than what's there. I have no I idea guess. what the acquisition cost is going to be, by the way. I'm literally just throwing that against the wall. Well,
0: that that's the thing that I'm like, ugh, about. It's like, yeah. how much is it going to cost to get John Gibson? Um, You've already screwed yourself by trading for Mikhail Grandland. Great move, so, by the
1: way. Yeah, nine yeah, shots on goal. The goal tending,
0: you haven't been getting the goal tending. You have been getting no help in the defensive end. But needless to say, the team hasn't played well in front of them. So I, I maybe I shouldn't be blaming Jari that much. No, he he needs to make some saves when he needs to. He hasn't been. I don't know if he's still playing injured. I'm sure there's a lot of people that still think he is, um, which which could be the case. But they haven't been playing. He hasn't been playing the way that he needs to for the team to win. And the team in front of him hasn't been playing the way they need to. They're not healthy on the blue line. They tie, they brought up uh, the fahu Fadoon.
1: I, yeah. And I actually uh, like the way he looked. I actually like, like the way he looked last night. Yeah.
0: And uh, this is from uh, Taylor Hass from DK Pittsburgh Sports. If all the defensemen from Wilkes-Barre-Scranton were healthy, Taylor Fadoon likely would have been the fourth choice behind oh, Mark yeah. Friedland, already called up. Ty Smith is week to week with a facial fracture. And Xavier Ouellette is done for the year with an ankle injury. They are on plan F. When it comes to bringing up defenders, that mm-hmm. is bad. Um, they somehow didn't yeah. get
1: enough defensemen at the deadline.
0: Yeah. <laughs> somehow <laughs> they didn't. But don't worry. They got $5 million Mikael Granlin. And if you, in case you were
1: worried, it was a rental. No, we get him for two more <laughs> years. That's... It's a bargain. I mean, that to me is that short span of days right there is. <laughs> the epitome of Ron Hextall's tenure. You get cap space created out of nowhere. You are lucky enough that someone claims Tisberry Kapanen. And you also, you know, I will give him credit for being able to dump Brock McGinn's contract. But, you know, what do we end up deciding to do with this newfound cap space that was created? Michael Granlund at $5 million for the next two seasons, mm-hmm. who has been a declining player for three seasons now.
0: What do you mean? I just, best?
1: He's a small guy whose best thing is passing on a team where they can't finish. If you were going to spend $5 million on a winger who, oh, by the way, the best part about Grandlin, we haven't gotten to this yet. Hopefully this guy could play 3C, right? Nope. He sucked at center. They had to put him back at wing. <laughs> so he can't even play third line center for us. If you were going to go out and spend $5 million on a winger, they better be able to put the puck in the back of the net. They be able to, better be able to finish because that's what this team's been missing. That this guy doesn't do that. He's a good passer. That's it.
0: Yep, and we get good passing for two more seasons after this one, in case and you it's forgot. Likely,
1: and in case you were hoping maybe Jason Zucker's resigned by the Penguins, this the Grandland deal is the reason it won't happen.
0: Yeah, that's that's so bad because I I. I Personally, would probably say that re-signing Jason Zucker it could be no, not could be. I think it is more important than re-signing Jari because uh, it, it, it drives more offense than, mm. it, uh, than what you're getting if you don't have them. Ima- imagine this team without Jason Zucker right now. Yeah, and imagine imagine us saying that t- like two years ago when we were watching Jason Zucker, but imagine this team without Jason Zucker right now. it's not driving as much offense the little that they get in in the first place
1: I mean he's one of the only players that show up every single night and is like noticeable in some way regardless of if the team what the team is doing you're gonna notice him you know at least getting on the four check making plays on the walls like the effort is never in question with Jason Zucker I will say like I don't get me wrong if they end up resigning him like great but I would be a little bit weird like I wouldn't be totally upset if they let him walk like i would be a little bit wary of an extension just because of the age like yeah he finally was healthy this year but that's obviously been a concern and also just like you know contract year production so there's some things there that make me think like okay i wouldn't totally hate if the only thing that we got out of that was just like the cap relief but you're not getting that now because of the like the granland deal so that's out the window regardless
0: and you don't even get the option to sign him because of yeah. the grandland deal again. Yeah, th- this team is a mess. Uh, this this season has has been no fun whatsoever. The Penguins currently find themselves out of a playoff spot and yep. it is March 21st.
1: It's insane to think about like they are in they real have danger. 12
0: of... games to get into the playoffs.
1: They're in real danger of missing the playoffs for the first time since like I mean, th- I have memories of watching hockey, but like for the most part since I've really been into hockey so, it's it's insane to think about. The only
0: danger that I can remember is twenty. Was it thirteen or
1: fourteen,
0: fifteen? It was either thirteen, fourteen, or fourteen, fifteen. It was when Brandon Sutter
1: scored two goals in the scored finale. two
0: goals in the in the last game to get them yeah. into the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the only yeah. time I remember. Honestly, since they started making playoffs, which was mm-hmm. in two thousand six seven. That, yeah. that that first season, uh, second season was Sid. That was the, since then, that's the only season I can remember we are 10 games away from the season and we're questioning whether the Penguins are actually going to make the playoffs or not.
1: Yeah, which for one, it makes you, okay, take a step back and appreciate, obviously, the run that we've gotten to see. But also, like, man, it, it doesn't have to, like, be, come to an end this year. Like, it didn't have to be like this. You're getting the seasons that you are from Gino and Sid. And that's why it's like, man, I almost wish these guys would have fallen off a cliff because that would have been at least been an excuse for why yeah. it's happening with those guys playing at the level that they are. When you've assembled this team around them, it's just malpractice. Like Ron Hextall should literally be in prison in my, in my mind, <laughs> for what he's done to this team. I mean, I want to try in a courtroom for the state of the Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: You have a 35 and I don't know if Malkin's 36 yet, but at least 35 year old Malkin, and 35-year-old Sid still averaging a point per game. And your team is so bad around them that you're not going to be able to make the playoffs. That That's pathetic. I, I mean...
1: Making the money that they are, too.
0: Yeah, making the money that they are. It, 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 it's pathetic. And if, the, if they miss playoffs, I, I don't even think it should skip a beat immediately after. I, I want it 10 minutes later that he's fired. Right after the as game, right the, after, yeah, right after whatever finale. game it is that they're eliminated. Uh, just just fire. Them. There's
1: there's well, the horn for the, the game. He, he doesn't, doesn't
0: deserve anything for missing the playoffs with Sid and Gino playing the way they are. He built a You're lousy fired team. And round.
1: also, this is your court date because of what you did to this team.
0: Yeah, he built a lousy team around them.
1: And then send he, him down to he, take shots. The, o- the only
0: saving grace that Ron Hextall has is Ricard Raquel because he's looked good this season. Outside yep. of that, nothing. We points. can't even give him Zucker because GMH, uh, 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 Jim Rutherford traded for Zucker. We can't even give him that. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's so bad. The team has 12 games to figure it out. And they're playing the number one team in the uh, central division on Thursday. So that's fun.
1: I know. Uh, I mean, Colorado, in and the Colorado. Before, I mean, that's yeah. Like Colorado hasn't been the exact same as last year, obviously, but they've had a lot of injuries. They can turn it on at any moment. They're one of the most dangerous teams in hockey. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not looking good. And I, I so the last, where I want to end this is like, we've talked a lot about like how involved Fenway sports group even is like, do they even know that they own the team? Do they have any idea where the Penguins are at in the standings? Or are they just an asset for them to make money? Like, we really don't know this how, yet how involved they're going to be. But would the Penguins, who they they recently purchased, because of, you know, how long withstanding the tradition of hockey is in Pittsburgh and the excellence that they have, everything they've achieved, I would assume that's why they wanted them as an asset. Now if they miss the playoffs, they're not getting that playoff revenue that's always being brought in. Is that what is finally going to make this team like really shake things up? Like I, we we don't know, but I just where is your head at in terms of like how Fenway Sports Group is going to handle the organization?
0: Honestly, I haven't even thought about it from that perspective. I thought that it was funny because we mentioned a few weeks ago like they remember that they have a team because it, we, it came out that they're going to do upgrades to PBG Paints Arena. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, they they they, they someone found the penguin's the file in in the filing yeah. cabinet and they're like, oh, we own this? Okay. Um you know, I I don't know if that's that's how they'll operate. I but then again, I I can't really say cuz I don't really know Fenway Sports Group. Like I don't know if one season where you miss the playoffs is like they automatically hit the panic button or not. Obviously, there's things that would happen, like at least Ron Hextall would be fired. Now, I, I, I'm not saying I would do this, but I'm sure that uh, Fenway Sports Group or Sportsbook Group, Fenway Sports Group would probably look at Mike Sullivan, too. They, I mean, I, I, if you're missing the playoffs, especially with the seasons that like these guys have had. I feel like there's not a lot of names that are off the table um in, in terms of shaking things up, at least from their perspective, because they have no ties to Mike Sullivan, besides he's the active coach for your team. They didn't hire him. Yeah. They they have no loyalty no, to I him. I mean
1: he did just get an extension, but like I, I think with his as big as their as deep as their pockets are, I don't know that they really care about that. Like that's the interesting thing that we're going to find out is do they? Because we're, I mean, we're going to find out a lot. Like, after the season ends, we're going to find out a lot in terms of how they're going to operate. But I'm glad that you brought up Sullivan because I didn't, I honestly wasn't going to even talk about this. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, I've, I've defended him, but I'm at the point now where it's like, I still think he's a really good hockey coach. But I am disappointed to see that he is like so many other coaches around the league in that, like, veteran status means so much because it, it goes completely against what he did when they won those cups where you had the youth injection and I'm not saying they have those same types of players to bring up or anything like that. I'm just specifically talking about the loyalty to the likes of Brian Dumoulin and Jeff Carter and not just the fact they're in the lineup, but like the assignments that they get on a night to night basis, their deployment. It's just like that to me, literally the way that he ices Jeff Carter and Brian Dumoulin is going to be the difference in them making the playoffs and missing if they miss the playoffs. Yeah. Legitimately. I, 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 I th- just I the think use of those two players.
0: I, I think it's awful. His deployment has been awful this season. I don't, I don't think that's an exaggeration by any stretch. I, yeah. I and think it goes
1: beyond those two players, but I'm saying literally yeah. you could say just those two players are going to be the difference between them making the playoffs and not.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just say that I don't care. I don't give a flying F, flip, whatever. Well, this is a clean show, everybody. I don't give a, anything. How many faceoffs Jeff Carter wins? Mm. That is irrelevant to me. He I took six not, last I game. do not so, care. I do not care. Listen, yeah. if you win the face-off, could it lead to good things for you? Obviously, you want to move the face-off. Yeah, sure. But if that is the only value that you have, you're telling me if I have a son and he can't skate that well, he doesn't score goals, he doesn't assist, he doesn't do anything productive towards an NHL team, but he can win Every face off or majority of face offs that he wins, he can go yeah. to the NHL. I wouldn't yep. want my son on my team. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't my, want my son on the Penguins if that's all he did. And it's the same thing with Jeff Carter. If that's his value, then, and I get it, like Sullivan has to defend his guys when he's answered question, when he's asked questions. Yeah. But still, I don't think that's an excuse to continue to go back to those guys in those situations. It's pathetic. And that's if that's the only value he has, he should not be playing in those situations. I don't care if, Sid is going to lose a face-off. I'd rather have the better play on the ice. For if you lose a face-off, what are you going to do about it? Do you want Jeff Carter on the ice? No.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I 100%, I'm in agreement with the way that he defends them to the media. But, like, actions speak louder than words. So, like, if he were doing that but then not utilizing the same way, like, that, I can get on board with that. But the thing is, he's, like, he's doubling down. Like, he legitimately believes this, clearly. Because he's still using those players in that same capacity, so what happened I'm at to the point time where
0: Brian Dumlin was a third liner too, or a third yeah. third third pairing. Mm-hmm. What happened to that time? That was a good time.
1: I'm at the point where it's like I like Mike Sullivan, but if the if the organization were to decide to you know clean house, I I wouldn't care nearly as much as I thought I would like a month ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm getting that point too. Like, it, it, I don't think is as big of a deal if he's going to keep the deployment the way it is. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's reminding me of Derek Shelton with the pirates. Like, do I like him as a, as a coach? Like, is he, I mean, obviously like Derek Shelton does not have the same pedigree that right. Mike Sullivan does, but like the, the use of some of his players and the deployment that he has with fielding decisions, batting decisions, relievers. It, it reminds me of how Mike Sullivan has treated some players this season. It, it, and I just find it pathetic. And, and you're you're just beating a broken drum at that point. It's not going to work. Switch it. I, I know, I, you, sh- have, you have 12 games to switch it, to figure yeah. it out. If you're not winning games, why do you continue to throw the same guys in the same situations every single time?
1: I mean, it's, this, it's the story of every hockey coach, every coach in the NHL. Like, they all have a shelf life for different reasons. It's just, to me, unfortunate that Sullivan's is literally this, just the loyalty to these players that clearly cannot fulfill the roles that he continues to throw them into. And once they've shown you that, <clears throat> excuse me, don't continue to do it because time and time again, they're getting burned by the same two, two players. Like literally to me, if you go throughout the season, I, I could probably tell you that. I mean, again, I, I'm you know repeating myself, but I think the difference between them making the playoffs and not, is literally going to be the way that he used Jeff Carter, the way that he used Brian Dumoulin, and the goaltending that they got for large stretches.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, whenever a goal against is scored,
1: those are probably the three one that you
0: look up and you know it's one of them. Yep. 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 Absolutely.
1: Um. So yeah, I mean, it's and, and again, like even if if the Penguins fired Mike Sullivan tomorrow, he would have another head coaching job very quickly, I'm sure, and he'd yeah. probably do great. I think he's a very good hockey coach, but every coach has a shelf life in certain places. Maybe we've gotten to that point in Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, I just didn't think that it was going to be like this because again, it goes completely against how he had success here.
0: You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
1: But hopefully, you know, we're not even having this conversation and this looks like, you know, we look like idiots because they turn, turn it around and,
0: yeah, and listen, I don't even care what they do in the playoffs. If I'm being truthfully honest, this team sucks. They're not going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't care what they do in the playoffs. Just get into the playoffs to keep the streak active. I know that, that just sounds honestly probably dumb as a because that's a very much yeah, a fan no, perspective. I agree with you. Yeah. Like I, I don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. And if you get into the playoffs, guess what? You're rewarded with either Boston or Carolina depending on where you go, you're not going to beat those teams. I hate to break it to you. You're not going to beat them. They're, they're going to kick the trash out of you. So just get to the playoffs to keep this active streak alive, the longest playoff streak in North American sports. Just do that for me. After that, if you get swept, I don't care. Uh, as long as this streak is alive, that's what I care about at this point,
1: which is sad <laughs> as to say, crazy as that's it is, honestly I what yep. I care about. Yep, I'm 100% in with I was literally just thinking about that you know, when they lost last night, like, I don't even care. Just get to the playoffs. And even if it only means playing four more games, like just the fact that you can extend that streak to next year, where hopefully we see changes, you know, at the top. And it's just, yeah, it's very frustrating. It's frustrating because it didn't have to happen. Like, again, if Sid and Gino, Latang, if those guys fell off a cliff this year, and that's the way that it, you crashed and burned, that would have made a lot more sense because we know it's coming down the pipeline eventually, but that's not at all. It's the complete opposite. Those guys have been fantastic. They're the only players that not the only players they haven't surrounded them with, you know, enough.
0: Yeah. Makes you wonder what a guy like Sid thinks about this season and everything that's going on.
1: I don't know. Sid, if you're listening, let us know. Yeah. Text me. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, if you're watching by chance, let us know. Um, but yeah, I think that'll about do it's, um, what so we got Colorado, Dallas, Washington on Saturday, probably one more game before we record again.
0: Um, yeah, so we have Colorado and Dallas this, this week, and then we have, um, Washington on Saturday and on Tuesday we have the Detroit Red Wings.
1: So out of that, I mean, you gotta win, you gotta win three. I mean, you can't – I don't think that you can get less than six of the next eight, eight points.
0: Yeah. The circumstances of which they're in, yeah. I would say in normal circumstances, you'd like to win two of those four. But where they're at right now, they you got to win three. And if you're going to lose one of them, hopefully it's an overtime.
1: Yeah. The Flyers helping us out uh, the night of recording this right now. They beat uh, the uh, Panthers 6-3. However, the Islanders beating up on the Maple Leafs, so some help in one way there with the Panthers losing. Um, we only need we only need to catch one of those teams. So, but you know, remember when we had like games in hand, and it's all it's all gone. It's all gone. It's all out the window. They don't control their own destiny anymore.
0: You know what's crazy? But just to close out the show with this, a couple nights ago, I think it was like probably two games ago for Boston where their current points were at. Boston had one Oh nine and, and Toronto had one or or Toronto had 90, I think, or 91. It was like Toronto. If if Boston didn't gain a single point, Toronto would have had to uh, win. I think it was like eight out of the last 12 games or nine out of the last 13 games or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And Boston would have to lose every single game for them to pass them. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, yeah speaking of Boston what a ridiculous season they're having and yeah that very well could be who the Penguins see if they even get into the playoffs so yeah
0: Linus again, Holmark, by the uh, way one of the two one of the goalies I wanted to sign two seasons
1: uh, yeah I, re- I remember that off season. like you know he I think he got what five million or something which was probably mm-hmm. a little bit more than what we thought he was going it's to too get
0: rich but... for the Penguins but that's that, that's one of the goalies actually that was probably my top goalie Wrote an article mm-hmm, about yeah. it for Crowworthy. So
1: goes to show how long ago it was, but shout out to Crowworthy, by the way. No hard feelings. Obviously, we're not with them anymore, but love those guys. They were great to us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that'll about do it. So pens need to probably take three of the next four. I think we're gonna have a pretty good idea where things sit uh the next time we talk. So
0: yeah, it's <sighs> it's gonna be a sad day if we end it.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Might have taken take another podcast off. No, uh we'll be here regardless. Um, if I got through this podcast doing talking like this, I can get through anything, even the penguins playoff streak coming to an end. So uh, but for Smitty, for Tyler, be sure to subscribe, like, leave us a comment, leave us a five-star review, all that good stuff, wherever you're watching or listening to the show, follow us on all socials. We've been posting stuff. Uh well, gonna get back to posting stuff daily. We haven't for a while because of my condition, but we will get back to doing that. Like um additional. yeah. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.